This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next, on the OHIO Podcast, we review Ohio State's big win over Indiana, and we admit whether we shed a tear or two when Cameron Babb scored his touchdown. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, cowards don't question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! IO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from a victorious North Central Ohio, where I am joined by both Chris and Aaron. Chris, how is your Sunday evening going here in the Buckeye State? Well, I'm excited, Eric, because this is the first time in about a week I think I've got to sit down. You know, <laughs> You've been a busy I, man. <laughs> I've had a busy weekend. Of course, you know, Friday night we were out with our uh, our buddy uh, Lenny out there, uh, Billy Bob, and uh, and Saturday, of course, we had a great game Saturday. And Saturday evening I was out and about again, and then today it was off to a high school musical. So... I am finally getting to sit down and enjoy my week. What's left of my weekend? Beautiful. What was the musical, my man? The Wizard of Oz. Oh, one nice. of my favorites. No, nothing better than let me tell you some some elementary kids a, as Munchkins. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. It was awesome. Various. You know who would make a good Munchkin? Who? That would be our other co-host from down in Texas. Wow. How's it going tonight, Aaron Brown? <laughs> wow. That's messed up. <laughs> Do you represent the lollipop kids, Aaron? Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm all about unions, you know. That's it. <laughs> oh, shoot. How's it going tonight, Aaron? It's going. Another great Saturday. Uh, a lot of school work to do and uh, – not enough time to do it, so here we are. <laughs> here we are is right, and we want to thank DraftKings. Hey, Ohio, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Buckeye State. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite <coughs> from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $200 in free bets when you sign up today using code OHIOPODCAST. That's O-H-I-O podcast. Plus... Five lucky customers will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $200 in free bets just for signing up today 
no deposit required. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entering you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up. Download the DraftKings Sports app now and sign up with the code Ohio Podcast to get $200 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Ohio. Plus, five customers will win a $100,000 free bet only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Ohio Podcast. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 589 9966 21 plus. Physically present in Ohio. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Subjects, subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Ends first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Ohio. See terms at dking.com slash OH. So, guys, I went on the DraftKings app. I downloaded it. I went ahead and uh, signed up, and I was able to put in the Ohio podcast code, and I have $200 sitting there in free bets waiting for me for January 1st. It's that simple. So I want to encourage all of you to go out there and do that. Take advantage of this if you've not been a part of DraftKings before. Even if you have, sign up with a different username and password. Might be pretty easy. I don't know. But go ahead and try that out and get that two free hundred dollars. You're playing with you're playing with free money, man. Take that two hundred, turn it into two thousand, and take the wife and kids on vacation, right? It's that simple, man. Uh, put your money where your mouth is. That's all I've got to say. So we appreciate DraftKings coming on board and being part of the OHIO podcast for the remainder of this football season. Guys, Ohio State goes out and dominates Indiana 56-14. Aaron Brown, your reactions of yesterday's big win over the Hoosiers? Well, I thought they did really well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, C.J. Stroud with another five-touchdown performance. Mayan Williams was on his way to 300 yards before he exited the game. Dallin Hayden ran for 100. Uh, Marvin Harrison out there making more freakish catches. Uh, what else is there to say? I mean, Tommy Eichenberg out there dominating again. Uh, Lathan Ransom had the game of his life so far. Uh, Steel Chambers had a day. I, uh, you know, Jack Sawyer, he got in there. I think he had a sack, sack or two, sack and a half, something like that. But he got in there pretty heavy. Uh, uh, it was just a great day. Uh, they played disciplined. Uh, I mean, they just they handled business. It was a great day to get back to the fundamentals of running. I said that on the preview show, and they did that. They did it really well, and they threw the ball too. You know, they 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 pretty much did what I thought they would do, and it was just a. A, a nice variety of passing and 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 running the ball really well. Uh, it was a great day. Chris, your initial reactions. Did Aaron just say they are who we thought they were? I'm pretty yes. sure he did. Yeah, that's awesome. In so many in so many words. Let me tell you, it was a great game. I thought I'm with Aaron. I thought, you know, CJ looked pretty good. Uh, obviously, Mayan, uh, I, I think could have been on pace for a record-setting day. Had he not gone down to injury, which scared the life out of me when that happened. Uh, of course, Hayden looked good. And what about we're just going to start calling him the X factor, guys. What about Xavier Johnson averaging 71 yards of carry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, he looked good. Like, uh, you know, had a couple good catches in there as well. Harrison Jr. looked good. Stover, two touchdown game. The combine. Yeah, I'm telling you. These guys look really good. And, again, what more can you say that I thought the defensive line did a pretty good job getting back there, pressuring the quarterback a little bit, having some hurries, getting some sacks, and then, wow, like Aaron said, Lathan Ransom, game of his life. You know, probably the second best game we've seen out of a defensive player this year following that JTT game. Awesome. 27 straight wins over Indiana. No team ever in the history of the Big Ten has dominated an opponent in consecutive games like Ohio State has dominated Indiana, man. That's that is awesome. And how can we how can we not mention Cameron Babb? Oh, come on, you stole my thunder, Aaron. Oh man. 
talk about that here in a little bit. Or as Chris likes to say, his thunder, he's going to bring that. Uh, not going to lie, this boy might have shed a tear or two. It was a beautiful moment. And it was a beautiful game. And it looks like Ohio – and, and here's the thing. It was snowing a little bit when they were doing this, guys. So, uh, yeah. So we More got than a little bit at times, Eric. Yeah, we got that to talk about as well, so we're pretty excited for that. Let's hand out some grades for the report card, shall we? Let's go ahead and start with that defense. Um, Defensively, Ohio State looked really, really good yesterday. (coughs) Again, one of these scores, it seems like every week, one of these scores is coming off a botched botched, uh, special teams play or a turnover of some kind. No different yesterday, but here's the stats on this. This is a little bit interesting, and this is why I feel stats can be deceiving. Defensively, we gave up 119 yards passing, not bad. 150 yards rushing, that's it's okay. Total yards allowed, 269. Yards per play, only 4.2. First downs allowed, 11. Third down efficiency here, we were great, 3 of 17. Fourth down efficiency, we got off the field on defense They because Indiana was 0 for 1. Time on the field, the defense spent 26 minutes and 41 seconds, and there were no turnovers <clears throat> other than the blocked, <clears throat> the blocked punt, which doesn't get credited to the defense. That being said, if you look at the statistics from the Indiana game and the Northwestern game, outside of third down efficiency, they are almost pretty close identical. Um, subtract some of the passing yards, add them to the rushing yards, and it's almost the same. However, I'm coming away from this feeling much better about the defense uh, uh, this week, so I gave them a B plus. What do you think, Aaron? You gave them a B plus for that? I did. Dag on. Uh, you're a tough grader, man. Um, I went with an A minus. I just I feel like three of seventeen that's on literally. Third. That's literally like like it could be two or three like. Of 89% to a 91%. That's not hey, that man. big of a difference. That's a big I, 2%, I, Eric. That's a big 2%. That's a GPA difference. <laughs> it, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> it, anyway, I you know, 11 first downs, that's it. You know, 3 of 17 on third down, 0 for 1 on fourth. You know, I they did really well. Uh, they, got, they got Indiana off the field. They limited what they were able to do. Uh, I'm not even mad about two touchdowns, especially when you score 50, uh, 56 points on offense. Uh, I thought they did really well. Uh, they limited to 119 passing, like Eric said. I'm not going to you know, reiterate everything, but 12 punts. That is impressive. I got to go with an A-. minus. Chris, what do you think? 11 punts. 11 punts because one oh. <laughs> oh, that well, okay, okay. Yeah, Twelve on took care of one of them, Aaron. Yeah, That's a yeah. fact. That's a fact. But Chris, what did what did you think? Well, you know, I went with you, Aaron. I, I agree with A minus. Now, ha. for me, you know, we talk about that the 119 yards passing. A lot of that came on one freak play when they brought the the young kid in, uh, Williams. I think we just didn't know what to do with him a little bit there at the beginning. Uh, and if you look at the run game. Yeah, we gave up 150 yards. Do you realize only 45 of that went to the running backs? I believe it. 46 of it went to their uh, leading rusher, Dexter Williams, the quarterback. Yep. And the other was a big run on some of that trickery by uh, Emory Simmons, that 44-yard reverse. So, no you know, counts. I'm not too upset about that. I mean, you're gonna, you, you want to think you're prepared for everything, but sometimes a trick play is going to get you caught up. So, yeah, I thought they played very well. Guys, I'm still a little bit concerned about a running quarterback. I am. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a legitimate concern. I mean, but you know what? I think we've seen, maybe not in Williams, but I think in that kid from Toledo, we may have seen one of the best running quarterbacks in the nation. He may not have had the arm. He may not have been as balanced as some of these guys. But I think he was probably the best rushing quarterback in the nation. And I thought we did an okay job of handling him. Not great, but okay. Let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. Offensively, yesterday, we had 322 passing yards, 340 rushing yards for a total of 662 yards of offense. That's 9.1 yards per play, 27 first downs, 
We had a third down efficiency of 7 of 14. We were 0 for 1 on fourth down. Time of possession, 33 minutes and 19 seconds. We did have one turnover. Guys, I went with an A- minus on offense. Chris, I'll let you go first this time behind me. What do you think? Yeah, I went A- minus as well. Um, I thought early on uh, CJ looked a little bit out of sync. Uh, you know, he, he had a great game in, by the end, but I think he looked a little out of sync uh, early on. Um, and at times, especially on that uh, the, the run by Rossi on the short yardage and a couple of the other short yardage situations, we're still, I think, struggling just a bit in the short yardage uh, with some of that just power blocking. So I went A- minus as well. What you think there, Aaron? I'm going with an A minus as well. Uh, I mean, it's there's really not much to say. They absolutely they dominated 662 yards, uh, and we ran for more than we threw for. When was the last time that that really happened? Other than Northwestern, okay, that was a special circumstance. But in a in a pretty much otherwise normal game, when was the last time that really happened? And we threw for 322. Yeah, Angie threw for 320. It's just monstrous numbers yards per play was 9.1 that's this is it's that is insane to me video game stuff yeah yeah it really is you know and the penalties they only had three for 15 that's it it was an incredible performance and i'm okay with the one for five uh the one for uh celebrating there yeah i'm not even mad about that that was well deserved and i feel like the referee should not have called it i know why they did i get it but like they have to they do they're in a no-win situation because if they don't they're gonna get in trouble they have to do you know yeah by the letter of the law i get but i think they let it go quite a bit before they actually did it so they did they did i can't fault them for that so yeah a minus this i could see them saying this is a flag i'm happy to throw you know what i mean like i have to throw it but i'm so happy for you type of thing you know Oh, yeah. I'm sure they were, you know, they were probably tracking the situation once, you know, once they saw what was going on. So, right. Okay, let's go to our uh, Buckeye leaves here. Uh, Aaron, the offensive player of the game. Offensive player of the game. You know, this could go one of three ways. (laughs) (laughs) At least. (laughs) Here we go. Ah, uh, I so badly want to give it to Marvin Harrison, but I, I'm going to go with Xavier Johnson. I thought he just had a great game. He didn't, he touched the, you know, he had two receptions for 47 yards and then one carry for 71, which was a touchdown. And he's not a running back. You know what I mean? I just it was an impressive performance, and I feel like he deserves that recognition. As I wanted to give it to CJ for another five touchdown performance, I wanted to give it to Mayan Williams, and I wanted to give it to Marvin Harrison, but I know how you guys get butt hurt, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna stick with Xavier Johnson. <laughs> Seems like a safe bet. <laughs> Chris, go for it. Well, I'll tell you, I'm with Aaron. I think it could have gone, you know, four or five guys could have easily gotten this. But how about – I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. And you know what? It's not even for the passing performance. It's for him putting his shoulder down and trying to run through somebody. You know, that scared the snot out of me when he puts his throwing shoulder down as a lead block. But you know what? It showed that, you know, he's really, I think, feeling more comfortable in that role as a dual threat when we need it. So I'm going to go with C.J. You know what? I'm going to go with Marvin the Martian Harrison Jr. Because let's face it, all three of these guys deserve Buckeye leaves. Let's give one to all three of them. Dude, the guy's not human. Seven catches, 135 yards, a touchdown, 19.3 average. He also had one carry for 18 yards, which was fantastic. But hey, Eric. that catch he made, Chris, that just it's not human. That, that was ridiculous. I don't know how he didn't break his leg on that catch. But you know what? I, I really feel like. We owe it as a team to issue a fourth Buckeye leaf for Mayan Williams. Come on. 15 carries, 147, a 9.8 average. Who knows where that game was going if he doesn't get that you know, ankle twisted up there, you know? All right. We'll give the uh, complimentary Aaron second Buckeye leaf to Chris this week for giving Mayan Williams one. All right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our defensive player of the game, Chris. Uh. Could it be anybody but Lathan Ransom? 
I mean, seriously, the guy all he did was nine tackles, a sack and a half, uh, one and a half tackles for loss, a pass deflection. I mean, oh, yeah, by the way, he killed the punter with that that punt, you know, uh, the block punt. So, yeah, I think, like we talked about earlier, best game out of him thus far that we've seen in an Ohio State uniform, I got to go with Ransom. You know, Steel Chambers did have 10 tackles and a half sack, so I guess you can make an argument there. But those those stats fail in comparison to the nine tackles, seven solo, one and a half sacks by Lathan Ransom with the pass deflection and the and the the blocked punt, like you said. Lathan hey, Ransom. He looks mean, Eric. He looks mean out there. It, here's what's crazy. He's not very big. He looks like the smallest guy on the field sometimes. But what's that tell you about his heart, dude? He's a lion. You know what I mean? Aaron, what you got? Lathan Ransom, for everything that you guys just said. Hell of a game. Yes, it was. Let's go to the defensive player hit of the game. Uh, I'm going ahead and said Lathan Ransom's blocked kick, I thought, was the defensive play of the game for me. Uh, gosh, just just beautiful. It reminded me a little bit of the uh, blocked punt that uh, Chris Olave had his freshman year in the shoe uh. against that team up north. Yes. So that's my defensive play of the game. Aaron, what you got? Same one. Same one. And it, it's funny that you mentioned the Olave block because that's exactly what crossed my mind when it happened. So, yeah, I, Lathan Ransom, block punt. Chris? Yeah, he deserves it. But, you know, I, I got to give a shout-out to somebody different on this one. Okay. How about Jack Sawyer just leveling the quarterback with that first sack he had? Was the first I can't remember if it was the first or the second now that I think about it though. But he just I was the second, it was the one going towards the half where he just crushed the quarterback. So I'm gonna go with Jack Sawyer's hit on Captain Jack Sawyer. You know, I think we're finally starting to see that potential emerge. Yeah, they were really they were really cognizant of our other defensive linemen, especially JT Tumulau and um, Zach Harrison, and it, it, they just kind of forgot about Sawyer. And so that that uh, pick-your-poison type of defense is uh, kind of coming into its own on the defensive line. Yeah, JTT was being held so much, he probably felt like he was back at prom, you know? No, <laughs> good line. That's a good one. Nice. All right, the offensive play of the game, Chris. Go for it, man. You, you know, there's so many the, – the amazing catch by Harrison is that what really stands out, but – I'm going to do it. Give me the one catch for eight yards and a touchdown. Cameron Babb, he deserves it for everything he's been through. Yeah, just a beautiful moment. I can't say enough about it. It was just when it happened, I was so excited. And then to see the reaction of the players was just so pure and and amazing. Um Gosh, it felt good. I love this quote. This is what he said immediately after the game when he got his first uh, question about it. He said, I don't know if words can describe it, but if I had to say a word, it would be thankful. Just thankful for Jesus Christ and who he is to me, but also thankful for my teammates and for CJ. Uh, That was the first thing Cameron Babb said. Just a humble, humble kid. And the moment he shared with his mom, gosh, that was beautiful, man. Yeah, that's my offensive play of the game as well. Aaron? Couldn't go any other way. Same one for the same reasons. There we go, man. There's our Buckeye Leafs it's, for this week. Eric, ahead, isn't that just amazing, though, that we all we all chose that, given that play that Harrison had, though, which was just stupid. It, it, yeah, it was a great play. I'll, I'll be honest. Like Honestly, the play of the game was probably Xavier Johnson's run. Yeah, yeah, without a and, doubt. And then the block that was that sprung that thing, man. I think it might have been Marvin Harrison that came it across was. the field on the block and just he just lit someone's world up like the Fourth of July, dude. That guy still might be seeing Tweety Bird flying around. His head. These guys, I think, are going to start clicking right at the right time. Let me tell you. I hope so. I hope so. I I, I really do because you know what's up ahead. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, man. We got a interesting poll question. We got some very interesting. Listener questions, and well, we need to take a trip around the dumpster that is the Big Ten West. So hang tight. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. 
Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. All right, this week's Facebook poll question. What is your biggest concern about this team when it comes to the game against that team up north? Your options were the running back injuries, the offensive line play, the weather, stopping the team up north's run game. Chris, which one did you vote for and why? Well, I'll tell you. Um, honestly, I, my first instinct was to go with the health of the running game. But you know what? I think we've seen that we've got a lot of versatility there, so I'm not as worried. Honestly, to me, I think, I'm not going to lie, even though we played in the cold weather and played pretty well, I think it's still the weather for me. Because you know what? If those winds kick up and that line has to be a run-blocking line for the entire game, I'm still a little concerned that I don't know we can get it done. So I'm going to go with the weather. Uh, Aaron, which one did you vote for and why? I went with our running backs because, like, the depth is an issue at this point. Like, I know during the Northwestern game, I told you guys that I wanted to see Xavier Johnson run the ball a little bit because I knew that he could. But, like, it's it, the point is it's the principle of it. We shouldn't be having to rely on the wide receiver room to make up for that. It, unfortunately, that's just that's just where we're at. You know, like Evan Pryor, that situation, that just sucks entirely as a fan and for him. That just that's just it sucks. <laughs> uh, Travion, I don't know what's going on exactly. I know they said he was in a boot. So, I, you know, I know they said that they expect him to return. But, you know, it's just the fact that we're so ouchy, you know, Um we had the backups, you know, the, the original like third and fourth string guys. They're they're hurt. Uh, what's the what's the one guy's name? He's out for the season. He looked like beast mode. I think it was against Toledo. Oh, uh, TJ Coffee. TC. Yeah, yeah, TC. yeah. Yeah. So that dude, you know, he's out. Mayan Williams. We don't really know for sure. He tweeted out that he's good. But what does that really mean? Um, you know, they're just really dinged up and, and, and in football that tends to happen at this time of year, but like, we're at a point where these guys are so dinged up that they are missing half a game, a full game, uh, a couple weeks at a time worth of injuries. Like it's kind of alarming. And regardless whether we have, you know, 75 and sunny in Columbus, when it comes time to that team up North, or if it's, you know, 80 mile an hour winds and, and 10 feet of snow, it doesn't really matter if you don't have the guys to, to, to play the game. And that's, that's, we're approaching that territory right now. All right. So I went with weather. Um, I think there's really only one thing that can derail this team against. I probably watched the team up North as, as far as outside of uh, Ohio state, I would say I've watched them and Alabama and probably Tennessee and Georgia the most. Um, just because they're on TV the most, it seems like. And I I still feel like schematically, as well as just man-to-man, athletically, Ohio State is better than they are. We The one thing that scares me the most is if it if the weather happens to kick up, I, I question our toughness. And so I voted for weather, but Chris... You and I were dead last in this thing. Only four people, two of which were you and I, voted for the weather. And third was the offensive line. Third, uh, 11 people, including some of our uh, more uh, uh, faithful listeners, Scott Rogers was one, uh, Brian Lee Oberst, Ben Davis, they voted for the offensive line. And second at 28% with Aaron was the running back health. And uh, some of the notable people who voted for that, Aaron, included our good buddy, Mike Wargo. Uh, and, and, well, I guess my wife, Sarah Boggs, voted to it. She just said, which one did – she probably said, which one did Aaron vote for? Okay, I'll go with that one. I'm sure that's what he said. 
She's like, Aaron knows a lot. <laughs> it's more it's about not a bad philosophy, Eric. It's really not. No, I mean, sometimes I, I wonder if maybe I should wait to see which one Aaron votes for. <laughs> <laughs> and then number one, overwhelmingly with 50 votes by 54%, stopping the t- uh, team up north run game. A lot of uh, angst about uh, Michigan's ability to run the football. Guys, I am really confident in our defense, Aaron. I just feel like defensively, we've got it, man. I I feel like we got the right uh, defensive coordinator. I just don't feel like Jim Knowles is going to let us down. I think schematically he's going to put these guys in the right place to stop that run game. I really want to see if Michigan beat us with the pass. I don't know that they can. They can't. And if we sell out to stop the run, I think we win this game. So uh, I know some of our other listeners, a lot of our listeners, uh, Tim Flood, Ron Moore, uh, Nick Quint, uh, Frank Lore, uh, these guys all voted for this. Uh, as I scroll down, more of the people, my dad, well, my mom, which means my dad voted for it. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Uh, Mike Bowers, good buddy of mine from uh, Mount Vernon, Brian King, all these guys said, Hey, it's stopping the run game from Michigan real quick. Aaron, am I, am I, is my thinking about this? Correct. I think we're going to be okay here. Well, it it just depends on what happens on that day. You know, is we know that Michigan is going to run power schemes. Okay. So really what it boils down to is, Who's tougher and who's going to win the battle in the trench? That is legit. This is old school philosophy in a new school format. That's that's what we're going to be looking at, because I'm with you guys. I do not think that they're going to beat us passing. They've got some guys like uh, the tight end, Eric All, um, Ronnie Bell. You know, they've got some guys that can run some routes. But overall, I'm not concerned overly. I should say overly concerned. Uh, about those two and, and what damage they can cause. It's all about Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. And then um, J.J. McCarthy, he can hurt you as well. So um, I'm not overly concerned about the passing game, but it's going to come down, like I said, ultimately, who has the larger – who's going to need a wheelbarrow after the game? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we got gotcha. you. Yeah, it, that's, that's what this is boiling down to is – Who's going to really fight for this? We know what they're going to do. They do it really well. Are we going to step up and stop it? I still feel like this defense re- remembers what happened to them in Ann Arbor last year, and they have a bad taste in their mouth, man, because most of that defense is back. They yeah. remember. They remember. Yeah. They're not going to let this happen again. Oh, absolutely. And I'm I'm quite sure that Coach Day has not letting has not let them them forget either right i i agree so 91 of you uh uh uh, participated in our facebook poll question thank you so much for that uh not bad for just throwing that out on facebook this morning and here we are six o'clock on a sunday afternoon eastern time and we've already got 91 of course many of you will participate on this when you see it after the fact but uh thank you so much for all of you who did participate all right that brings us to this week's um Listener questions, Chris. Um, there's some interesting ones here. Oh, there's some great ones. And let's just start out. Let's start out with our buddy Brian Lee Oberst, because I'll tell you what, he has a couple of really good ones, I think. So, obviously, he mentions that we got finally got the offense we were looking for. So, Eric, moving forward, can we still continue to carry this offense moving forward? Ask that again. Can we can we continue to carry on the way we did against Indiana versus oh, gotcha. Maryland and against that team up north? Yes, we can. I think that I, I kind of we kind of talked about this with the uh, Billy Bob uh, the other night when we met up with him Friday night. Yeah, that Ryan Day was going to come out and kind of open up the offense with the pass a little bit to set up the run. Uh, that first drive was a little bit ugly. We went three and out, but then he came back and and just established the running game. I believe it was um, we had Mayan Williams bust several, and then we had the touchdown pass. And then the very next drive, Mayan had another nice run. 
we had a big pass, and then it was Dallin Hayden that went up off the left side of the left tackle right down the heart of the Indiana defense for like eight or nine yards in the touchdown. And it, from that moment on, it was like the floodgates were open. They, they just broke them. And I just feel like Ryan Day got back into the groove. The offense is back in the groove. Their confidence is back, you know. So I feel very strongly that we're going to kick Maryland's butt. I was worried about this game, Chris, at the beginning of the season. I circled yeah. it as this is the – not anymore. That team gave up against Penn State. They're broken. I, I don't know where Maryland is at. I don't know if they'll be able to get it together and give us a game this week. But if that same Maryland team <clears throat> that that got blown out against Penn State shows up next week, we're going to blow them out even more. By the way, the spread on that, the opening spread on that game is 25 points. Jump on that, take the over. Okay. So, Aaron, are we going to see more of Xavier Johnson at running back? Uh, I think if the need arises. Um, I, I don't see why not. I, I personally – look, I know – that Dallin Hayden did a nice job. 19 carries for 102 yards. Okay, but he, I just, I don't think he's it. You know what, I I don't know how else to say that um, without sounding like bad about it. He's, he's young. He's green. He, yeah, yeah, he's not ready for that role. Xavier Johnson's been in the program for a while, and it's like every time he gets an opportunity, he makes it count. Look at what happened at Notre Dame to begin the season. He is incredibly consistent uh, when he gets those opportunities. So, you know, I like I said earlier, I, I I wanted to see him carry the ball a little get a little bit against Northwestern uh, last week. They didn't give him that chance. They gave it to him this week, and you saw what he did. So, I personally would like to see him uh, move to the running back room at least until we're 100% healthy. I don't think that we really need Mayan Williams or Travion Henderson to beat Maryland, but Dallin Hayden and Xavier Johnson together, I feel like that duo could probably get the job done as long as the passing game is there, of course, but that's that's with any team. I, I feel like that can get the job done. You want me to tell you the difference between Dallin Hayden and Xavier Johnson? It's Look, very simple. Dallin Hayden is 18, maybe 19. Xavier Johnson's a 23-year-old man. Yeah. yeah. It's the experience factor. It's it's, it's ex- the grown man body. It's the you know, it's it's a lot yeah. of things. He's got years in the program dedicated. Yeah, he's been <laughs> he's been a part of Ohio State for 4 years and if I'm not mistaken, he was a walk-on. He was. Yeah. And yep. didn't he play on that like uh he was on a club team. team. The club team, yeah. So I mean the dude might even be older than twenty three, to be honest with you. I don't He's thirty six. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so so guys, let me throw this out here. maybe it's a bold prediction, maybe it's not. With the game against Maryland this coming week and that the game against that team up north the following weekend, I look for Xavier Johnson to be number two on the death chart for running back next week. Well, I'll say I wouldn't this. be upset. I I, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be necessarily the case or not because I think Dallas Hayden needs to get the playing time. But if Xavier Johnson comes in, I would be immediately looking for like a sweep. I look for them to rest uh, the the starting running backs the, this next uh, this next game. I don't see any reason to put them in like Aaron said against Maryland. Let them get healthy. All right. So back to Brian Lee Oberst, who had he gave us a question in like five parts here, and all of them are pretty good. So Eric, we talked about it. Getting to see Cameron Babb make get his touchdown. Be honest. Did you get teary eyed? Yeah, yeah, I did, dude. I go lie. There's nothing worse than seeing a big man cry. And I was right there with you, buddy. I was. I won't say that I was like Billy Bob. I wasn't crying, like. But... I was crying. It was a happy moment. I wasn't on the fifty-yard line shooting bottles and and you know crying. You would have been out, if you were there. I'll say this much, dude. Like, it was so cool watching that number zero get a touchdown, though. Wasn't that cool? I mean, take the name away from it in the story. Yeah. Isn't that a cool jersey, dude? To watch that on offense, I just I love it. That's like my favorite jersey, regardless of who's wearing it. Is the Blocko jersey to me? It would have been even better to see one of the big guys wearing it and get the touchdown. <laughs> sure, sure. 
All right, Aaron. So Brian Leo Burstis is his last question uh, for this week, and that is C.J. Stroud. Is he the front runner for the Davey O'Brien and Heisman Trophy Awards? Is he the front runner? Yes. Yes, he is. I, I mean, it's there, there was another quarterback that's actually leading the country in passing yards. Like North Carolina's <laughs> quarterback. North yeah. Carolina's quarterback. Yeah. I, I yeah. Junior was. No, it's the North Carolina kid, okay. Mays. Um, I, I watched that a little bit of that game, and they were talking about it. But um, at this point, yeah, he's the front runner. I mean, even the Vegas odds have C.J. Stroud winning right now. Well, and you have to say, if he's the front runner for the Heisman, then the Davey O'Brien, you'd have to think he was the front runner for that. So. Right, and that that's my line of thinking, too. He he may or may not. I don't really care about Davey O'Brien. Nobody Nobody's like, hey, who won the Davey O'Brien last year? Nobody cares, dude. <laughs> they want to know who won the Heisman, you know? Right. Okay, so this one, guys, we've already addressed a little bit, I think. Uh, it, it's Nick Quentin. He's talking about uh, with Henderson and Williams out. Oh, this might be one that was before the game. No. With Henderson and Williams both being out and the running back room already thin, are you worried about the depth at running back? Well, Aaron, you already said, yes, that's a concern for you. In fact, you did it on the poll. Uh, would you, or who would be the backup if something went down or with, if Hayden went down, if something were to happen? Boy, I'm all tongue tied today. So Eric, who is the number two if Hayden goes down? Hmm. Well, I think if he's available, it's Chip Trayanum. But he's not even taking one snap at running back. But I'll tell you, I think we game. don't like to see it. Um, but that's who they keep talking about as being, you know, adding the depth to the running back room. But I, I don't know. We maybe we found something in Savior Johnson. <clears throat> if he's unavailable, oh geez, if those both those guys can't take take a snap, I think it goes to Saunders. I think he played a little bit, the walk on. Yeah. Uh, which his daddy played for uh, Ohio State. So uh, he's one of those legacy walk-on kids. Uh, I'll have to look up who he is, but go to the next question. Oh, is that, is that CJ's boy? I think so, yeah. Let me yeah. let me, let me me look up who it is. And, 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 Could and, be Mitch. What about Mitch Rossi? Wouldn't he get a look? He's a fullback, though. He's not going to be the running back. I understand, but just, I don't know. I they mean – Desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You got Xavier Johnson back there doing it from wide receiver. Why wouldn't you throw a fullback in there? Yeah. Proud of nothing. All right, Aaron. Real quick while Eric's uh, researching that for us. It's that time of the week when we always get this question. Andrew Deffitt asks, will JSN return this year or is he finished? They keep saying he'll, he's going to play. Uh, I wish I knew the nature of his injury so I could more accurately answer that. We just know that it's like a leg injury, <laughs> but that's pretty uh, I believe it had some new hamstring, didn't it? I, they said that, but like I can't imagine a, a hamstring injury. I've had numerous hamstring injuries. Um, they weren't torn or anything, but they were pretty rough, and like I couldn't imagine having one that lasted 11 weeks. Are you saying you're tougher so than JSN, Aaron? Huh? Are you saying you're tougher than JSN? No, I'm not going to say that. Uh, but there's definitely, I feel like something beyond a hamstring that's going on here is what I'm getting at. Sure. I, I don't, I just don't know what it is. But I, I, they keep saying he's going to play, so I, I mean, we don't really have a choice but to trust that. Um, but I know Chris, you and Eric both, I think mentioned last week or week before that. You know, you feel like he's going to be ready for the stretch run here against yeah. that team up north and beyond. And I, I agree. And I would like to see that because we're certainly going to need him. OK, so, jumping back here. So Caden Saunders is who I'm talking about. Yes. And both he and his brother, K or Kai, K-A-I. I don't know if that's pronounced K or Kai. I think it's Kai. Caden and Kai. Yeah. Are both on the team. Um and they're both from Northville, <clears throat> the state up north. And their dad was Cedric Saunders, who played for Ohio State from 1990 to 93. So part of uh, Cooper's years. So easy to forget. Who's easy to forget? 
Okay. Cooper years. What's that? That's the Cooper what's years? easy to forget. The Cooper At, years. Times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Aaron. I was gonna say we we don't talk about those times. <laughs> That's like the medieval times of Ohio State football. There you go. Okay. Was rough. So, Eric, here we go. And I actually want to get both of your takes on this. This comes from Noah Wise. After the game against Indiana, how do you think we stack up against that team up north? I don't want to say our running game is completely back because we were playing against Indiana. But you got to love the blowout. So, guys. How do we stack up against that team up north? Eric, you want to go first? Yeah, I think we stack up pretty well. Um, I think the – okay, call me a conspiracy theorist and say that this is a weird take, but I honestly think Ohio State needed that game against Northwestern. Sometimes – and we say this in basketball all the time, but for some reason in football we don't say it. You need a good close game, maybe even a, a, in basketball, even a loss right before the uh, NCAA tournament. Sometimes they're like, you know what? That's good. That's good. It's going to refocus them. They're, you know that now they can take a break, especially if it's in the Big Ten, you know, tournament right before the NCAA tournament. But you know, obviously in football you can't lose. But you know what? Getting that like close game in bad conditions might have really helped this team out. Kind of refocused them. Gave them lit a fire under their butt. That offensive line looked completely different, and you can't tell me it's because Dewan Jones didn't play. You know, I, I just I feel this guy on that line. I know. I, I just feel like for some reason, and maybe there was a schematic difference. I tried to look for Aaron in the first. I was rewatching the game a little bit today, and every time we ran the ball, I was like watching the offensive line to see if I could tell a difference. There really wasn't a difference in scheme. They just were absolutely dominating the defensive line. They were putting a hat on the linemen, and they were just pushing them backwards. So I guess they just got a fire lit under their butt. Yeah. Okay, Aaron, same question. How do we stack up? Uh, I mean, just going off of what Eric said, I I do tend to agree with him. Uh, It wasn't a schematic difference. It was just better execution, uh, plain and simple. And that's that's what we got to have if if – I think that talent-wise, absolutely, we stack up extremely well against that team up north. I think we're better, in fact. But it comes down, as any game does, to execution. If we don't execute physically and, and accurately, we're not going to win the game. And that's that's just how football is played. You have to execute what's going on. Every block, every run, every handoff, every pass, every catch has to be executed perfect for things to work out right. Well, I shouldn't say perfect, but you get what I'm saying. The, right. the, you, you have to do things right for them for, to, to execute. And that team up north is, is playing really well. It helps that, you know, they had, you know, their, their non-conference schedule was kind of trash. Well, it was trash. There's no kind of to it. Um, but I think Eric's right. That Northwestern game, I think that we needed that. You needed that wake up call. Uh, because, I mean, there is an old Woody Hayes quote, you know, nothing cleanses a soul like getting the hell beat out of you. Well, we didn't get the hell beat out of us, okay, at least not statistically or like on the scoreboard. But that weather sure did did a number on them. And I think that that may have been what it took, you know, because let's be honest, you know, a lot of this team, they're from the Midwest. They know what the they know what this time of year looks like and feels like um, environmentally. So. You know, I, I think that maybe that was like the nice little reminder, the nudge that they needed to be like, hey, uh, it's that time of year again, guys. Let's let's get used to it. And I, I, I'm, I'm completely on board with what Eric said. OK, I've got two more. First one I'm going to throw to you, uh, Aaron, and then the last one's going to go to Eric. So this comes from Ben Davis. Of course, it was a blowout but I cannot help to continue, but continue to be frustrated with our third and short execution. Not sure if it's play calling, execution, overcomplication, offensive line, or what. But geez, I felt better when it was third and five or longer than I do when it's third or one and two. And he also included fourth and short in this as well. Aaron, 
let's let's have you answer the question. What is it that is leading to the struggles? Well, I think that it comes down to personnel and execution um, because, like, in the first half, I didn't really see such an issue with it. It was more the second half. And then, I mean, by that point, the game was well in hand. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe the team just stopped playing as hard. I, I, I don't want to say that because it's probably not true, but it's a possibility. Um, and then you have a 5'9", 225-pound running back in the first half executing these plays versus somebody who's 190 pounds in the second half, and I'm Dallin Hayden. So that's quite a difference. Uh, plus, yeah. Brian Williams, have you seen him? He's, he, he, that's that's a thick dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and Dallin Hayden just isn't that, not yet, and it's not his style. Um you know, that's that's like having Travion trying to run I formation. I don't I don't feel like that would work out so well. Maybe yeah. it would, maybe not. But I think that it's just personnel and and circumstance, quite frankly. I don't think that it's a scheme issue. I don't think that it's a luck thing or I, I, I literally just think that it's personnel and and execution. Okay, so Eric, here's yours. And I've been saving this one for you. It wasn't even sent into our fan page. Oh, okay, good. This is one that I was working at the store this morning, and somebody asked me this question. Given all the chaos in college football right now, especially the the mess with the SEC, uh, you know, Clemson not being Clemson this year and going down to Notre Dame, do you see a scenario when the loser of the game gets into the college football playoff. Yes, I do. In fact, I'm starting to feel like this is going to be two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. I do. I feel like there's a very good chance. Right now, outside of USC um, running the table and winning the Pac-12 with one loss, um, I don't think Clemson is going to get the benefit of the doubt. They've played too too easy of a schedule, and the ACC's trash. And their one loss is uh, is a terrible loss to to Notre Dame by like 21 points, where Ohio State you know trashed Notre Dame. Well, I did say trash, but we yeah. TCU if TCU loses, I think that eliminates the Big 12 altogether. I really do. So that means you then have to choose: Am I going to choose a one loss Clemson or a one loss USC? who won their conferences over a one-loss Tennessee or one-loss Ohio State or that team up north who lost against one of the teams that's in it. I think the committee will look at this and they'll say this is this is revenue ratings gold to have Georgia versus the loser of the Big Ten and the winner of the Big Ten versus Tennessee. I, so think that's, I here's, really here's, think that's where we're heading to this. The, the really the big the thing that could throw a complete and utter LSU. is LSU winning the SEC. Then it's like, what do they do now? But do like, you think at that point it becomes still the same scenario, just LSU replaces Tennessee in the mix? Probably. But uh, but here's the thing. I don't know that the committee's ever put a two-loss team in, right? Right. They never have. But so if you're a two-loss champion – SEC champion who just took down the number one team in the country, it's hard to keep you out. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You've taken down the dynasty and the reigning undefeated champ in the same season. You got to get some consideration. Well, that means you have, you would have LSU and you would have Georgia both in. Okay. Yep. You would have the winner of the big 10 and, and then that gives you one more spot. Are you giving that to Tennessee? Are you giving it to the loser of the game? Are you giving it to a one-loss Clemson or a one-loss USC? Uh, good luck with deciding that. I think it goes on how close that game is, how, how close the game is. Hmm. Because I don't think the committee can justify three SEC teams. They'll try, but I don't think they can. Okay. So those were our listener questions for this week, guys. Thank you. We love the questions. Keep them coming. And that brings us to our favorite time of the show, Eric. Aaron, my man, why don't you take us on a trip around 
the Big Ten Conference. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not going to torture you with statistics or anything. I'm just going to run down the scores because, well, you'll see. <laughs> it's, stuff just keeps getting more and more interesting around these parts. <laughs> so Ohio State takes down Indiana 56-14. to Purdue upsets Illinois 31-24. So that interesting game. I'll just say that. Uh, but the fact that Purdue beat them just somehow doesn't surprise me. Uh, Sparty takes down Rutgers 27-21. Penn State takes care of the Turtles 30 to nothing. That team up north beats Nebraska 34-3. Minnesota takes down Northwestern 31-3. And then Iowa beat Wisconsin 24-10. So that's, I mean, that just, it is what it is, dude. Our our weekly rankings are in such disarray. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys realize uh, there are six of the seven teams in the West that could still legitimately win this? Yeah, it's insane. It, it is, is insane. It is in completely, we have four teams at four and three. One at three and four in the conference, and one at two and five in the conference. Purdue's in the driver's seat, though, because they hold the title. And they've got a cake schedule. And they got Northwestern and Indiana left. If Purdue does not win the Big Ten West at this point, the dude should be fired. (laughs) And my question is this How many points does the winner of the East score on Purdue? Oh, if it's Ohio State, it's going to be sixty plus, easy. It, it yeah. may be, it may be fifty plus if it's the At other half-time. guys with their running game. I, we love that track, dude. You, you don't, you don't think CJ and these receivers are itching to play at Indy? Oh, they haven't I got, know they haven't got to play at they're Indy yet. Away from home. Well, we haven't. Those guys haven't got to play there. Yeah. Justin Fields was the quarterback last time we were there. That's right. I mean, these guys might explode like you've never seen on that track. That's true. And it's indoors. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be no a bad day. Deal with there. <laughs> bad day. All right, guys. So there you have it. There's the Big Ten. Hey, we started something new last week. We decided to actually just go with it. We're going to make fun of you guys. So um, not you guys, the listeners. I know you guys are much smarter than this, but. I, I scour the uh, the books of faces, as Aaron likes to call, for an idiot of the week in our fan base. This one, this week's bonehead of the week award, goes to one Bobby Washburn. Bobby, if anybody knows Bobby Washburn, make sure that you give him his last place trophy for this comment, and uh, or just have him listen to this podcast because Bobby, my man. I don't know if you were doing too much of the little drinky drinky when you posted this or you're really, really this asinine. But here's his comment yesterday. Ryan Day's decision making is pathetic. Really starting to question him as a coach. Okay. Uh, Chris, uh, do you know who the number one scoring offense is in the uh, college football this year right now? Well, that would be the Ohio State University, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron, there's four undefeated teams in college football. Is Ryan Day the head coach of one of those teams? Uh, last time I checked, yeah. Oh. But his decision-making is pathetic? Really, Bobby? Look, I mentioned last time we were on the show that you know some of these people probably can't throw an accurate 10-yard pass, and I think Bobby's one of them. Oh, I, he, there's probably a lot of things he can't hey, do with accuracy. Hey, Eric. Can I give a shout out to Alan Watson who posted on his his thread there? Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Read it. Who says, Bobby Washburn, did you wake up this morning and think to yourself, what is the dumbest thing I can post on Facebook today? <laughs> because I believe you have achieved it. Alan, you are 100% right. Eric, without a doubt, this guy is the bonehead of the week. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I love this segment, guys. This might be our new favorite thing we do is just making fun of of idiots. I mean, my gosh. Alan Watson won the internet on yes, Saturday. Yes, he did. As dumb as, as, dumb as Bobby Washburn's uh, comment was, Alan Watson's was just as good, man. 
That's what made me. That's why I had to take a screenshot with his comment in it because it was so good. It was so good. So, yeah, congratulations, Bobby. This last place medal is for you. <laughs> That's our show for this week. I've got to change our ending now, guys, because we do this. I've been saying be kind to one another <laughs> as my first statement, but in, uh, this isn't very kind, but I can't help it. I absolutely can't help it. This is just hilarious, man. It's, it's shock therapy, Eric. It's okay. It's all done out of love. <laughs> okay. Well, Aaron knows a little bit about that. He's a he's a psychologist. What is this called? Shock therapy here or shock uh, shock therapy? No, not at all. <laughs> what, what is this? Just a what kind of therapy? Just tough love, guys. Come it's, on. Honestly, it's it's a more of a coping mechanism than anything. It, it's <laughs> you know, it's it's an aggravation, and we're making fun of them to cope with it. And that's just that's what this is. There you go. There you go. I heard one place say it's it's shaming the shamers. So if he's going to shame Ryan Day with his comment, we're going to shame him because, my gosh. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with being, um, you know, agitated. I mean, yeah, we were critical of Ryan Day's play calling against Northwestern. But, my gosh, we just beat Indiana 56 to 14. And you're like – this decision making is pathetic. Starting to question him as a coach. Have you really? checked yeah. his profile to make sure he didn't graduate from the University of Michigan? Uh, yeah, there's there's a possibility he's best he may, friends with Sean. He may have went to Mount Vernon High School too. Hey, uh, hey, now <laughs> <laughs> that was a comeback for my Wizard uh, of Oz comment. <laughs> Good one. Good one. All right, guys. Hey, by the way, Liberty's still in the playoffs, man. I know. Took down Perrysburg uh, 14 to 3. Uh, that's, I'm telling you, man, the Patriots are dangerous. It's playoff time. <laughs> Mount Vernon hasn't won a playoff game in my lifetime, I don't think. And yeah, I'm we've won a couple. We've won a couple. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just proud to say that I was there to lay the foundation. For uh, the future success. Nah. There you go, man. Hey, I, nah, we, Harry and Harding, we, I don't know we played in a playoff game in my lifetime. <laughs> and Harding? Yeah. I think they made the playoffs. Uh, they did when Tim Hinton was there. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a couple years ago. But, yeah, they have played one. I don't know if they won or not. But, yeah. Well, I mean, I, of course, they were in the year that everybody got in. Well, every, yeah. yeah, but they didn't win. No, they lost. Man, imagine imagine a season where literally everybody gets in and you still lost. <laughs> that sucks. You know what they should have done was they should have just called in with COVID and taken the day off. Like uh, oh, pulled a pulled a pulled a TTUN. Yes. Oh, All right, man. So that was our show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you t- uh, share, like, subscribe, do all of that jazz. Uh, our v- our listenership is growing. We appreciate that. This is a time of year where our numbers are through the roof uh, because everybody's excited about the football team at the end of the season and what uh, what could transpire here in the last few weeks. So we appreciate all of you doing our part, doing your part to help spread the the knowledge of the OHIO podcast. Again, we want to send a shout out to Billy Bob from Billy Bob's Backyard Barbecue for having uh, – he he was up here this weekend for the game. He uh, met us in Pal there at the Gallows Tap Room. He's got a video out. We will be submitting a video ourselves here in the next few days where we interviewed him. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We had some good laughs. He's got some great stories, especially uh, for you folks listening to this from Northeast Ohio. He was well-connected up there in the high school athletic scene back then, and he's got some great stories. and got some good jokes and we always have a good time with billy bob when he's with us so make sure you check that out we will be back thursday to preview the maryland game aaron will be breaking it down i hope uh, if he's available if the army don't send him out in the field he'll be breaking down the uh, schematics of this game uh, chris will be breaking down the statistics and i'll be breaking down the historical numbers not much history with this uh, rivalry we've never lost to them and we're hoping to keep it that way Next weekend, the game is a 3.30 kick on ABC, so go ahead and set those DVRs. And uh, until next time, guys, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. OH! I owe! Go Bucks. 
Oh, come, let's sing, oh, highest praise and songs through armor while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold the seasons pass the years will roll time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship oh yo when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 